Welcome to Take Note. This is a podcast about keeping a notebook and paying attention. And this month, we are writing a novel. I'm here with my co-author. That's not right. Ted, Ted, how are you doing? I'm good, Adam. How are you? I'm good. I am at 10,142 words, which is 1,524 words short (laughs) of where I should be at the end of the night tonight. What about you? I am at... 12,813 words. However, I did have a head start, so I'm behind my actual daily pace by a thousand words or something. But right. good work, man. Yeah. Nice job. Absolutely. I'm proud for, of you. Th- thank you. Uh, for people who think we're just crazy and reciting numbers, and uh, if you haven't yeah. listened to the show last week, we are taking part in National Novel Writing Month. And we have to write 1,666 words a day, or um, our ancestors will haunt us from the grave, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> or you can write 25,000 words a day for two days, right at the very end. <laughs> but uh, hey, to everyone, our, our erasable friends over at the Pen Addict, keep up the good work. We're, uh, we're hanging in there with you, so so get after it. Uh, one of the things we do on the show, regardless of whether we're writing a novel, is we ask what we've written in our notebook. And Ted, what do you got? Well, so what most of what's in my notebook is actually uh, trying to cobble together this novel. Um, we, we'll get into it later. But uh, tucked somewhere in between all of that scribbling uh, was a quote <clears throat> from my son's fencing class. Previously, I think I uh, provided some info on the signage from that class. But, mm-hmm. uh, yes. This is, a, this is an actual quotation from the, the coach. He was finishing up the class and uh, gave the, the students the opportunity to all, all 10 of them fence against him simultaneously to see if they could, see if they could best him. And he said, "All right, guys, you got uh, you got thirty seconds to figure out a plan." And these are like seven year olds, so they <laughs> immediately all just jammed their pointer fingers up their noses and did whatever you do when you tell a seven year old to make a plan. And he kind of wandered around towards the parents while uh, while they were formulating. And he said, uh, "You know, the more complicated their plan is, the better a chance I have." <laughs> I love fencing class. It's a never-ending wellspring of inspiration. <laughs> what do you got, Adam? Okay, well, um, Jennifer asked me yesterday, maybe two days ago, she said, at the end of the month, will you and Ted exchange your novels? Which I thought was the funniest thing I had ever heard. The idea that at the end of the month, I would be ready to show someone this wreck. <laughs> Why well, was hilarious it, to me? You say that, but I I've had a thought. You know, you and I, I would I would say we are are uh, we're cheer buddies. We're inspiring each other. We're checking in. We're accountability partners. Um, and I had the thought. I was like, was like, you know what? If Adam, if he really hits the skids, if he really needs like a, a big old nitrous booster, I'll tell him. You know what? I promise if you hit your goal that I will read every single word of your draft. That would not inspire me at all. That to me, to me, that seemed like this amazing idea that like, 
you know, it wouldn't, you know, if, using that as motivation, that it would be like, it wouldn't just sit on your hard drive. Like you would have at least one guaranteed reader. No? No, uh, no, 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 no. Okay. Not, I mean, the idea well, of a guaranteed reader right. may be after I revise it, but I have a counter offer for you, Ted. Okay. If I can get to 25,000 words, uh huh. can I have 25,000 of your words too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you can have all. Let me hit uh, just control C, open up an email here, shoot it over to you. Thanks. Well, oh. I mean, of course, this I'll, is the, I'll this massage is the him. thing. I. This is the thing is, you know, you're you're supposed to eschew quality Mm -hmm. in favor of quantity, which is, I mean, it's great. I, I, I am, I am pushing through, I'm moving into new sort of scenes and areas and all, all of the roadblocks I've had in the past. I am, I am truly pushing through. Uh, because of the because of the the pressure and the count that was never enough in the past to get me to just keep going you know in this longer way so to me it's working obviously there's always this feeling of like okay what am i writing I, what's going on here right um, yeah i you know i sort of feel the same way i've got these uh i've told you before i've got like these high highs like when i actually usually it's the it's the last let's say 400 words of the day to hit the goal sometimes those somehow come quickly like it's all come together but i Mm. really really feel um since day two like i used everything i've got (laughs) idea wise except for what would be the last chapter or two right i kind of know uh, I know something that needs to happen at the end, and I know, so, you know, maybe the first 3,000 words at the beginning, the first 3,000 words at the end, kind of what would happen in those 3,000 words, um, or those 6,000 words, but I don't, the 44,000 words in the middle, no clue, <laughs> and so th- those are some, those are some low points when you're just like, oh, I got no idea, but, um, but I have, I do have some, a number of strategies, I blogged about them before this all started, and some of those I use, but one that has, uh, you know, one that's actually similar to something I wrote about. One that's been helping me is I've started reading an Elmore Leonard novel, and at the end of each, and it just so happens that it's almost thirty chapters, and so hmm. there's a couple things that I'm doing when I'm reading this novel. I am realizing that he is doing something like, you know, he's saying how another character makes him feel, and so on my index card, I'll write how does how does Ava, one yeah. of my characters. How does Ava or another character make Oscar feel? Yeah. What does the character remind yeah. him of? What can we learn about Oscar? So, you know, I'm just like taking that sort of stuff. And then yeah. I also just like um, Oscar did blank and then Oscar thought or Oscar remembered or Oscar wondered. He's doing stuff like that, right? He's just like, yeah. he's he's getting into the character's head. He's taking an action and then getting into the character's head. And so I'm like taking that kind of stuff from it. And I've yeah. also, just for structure-wise, my last thing on the Elmore Leonard novel is I am writing like a one-line or two-line summary of every chapter to kind of try to figure, as I'm going, to try to figure out how he's moving through the story. Because he's moving through his story much more directly than I am. Um, yeah. And just trying to figure out, now he might know where he's going, <laughs> which is the difference. But, you know, trying to kind of take those sorts of things. And that's been, that has been helping me times figure out what could happen next 
I think yeah, I love I I I I love the sort of deliberate reminding yourself of what you should be doing moment by moment because I I think sometimes you and I over the years have you know we don't have that tendency to sort of um have our characters like think through everything and and tell the reader what they're feeling or the narrator tell the reader and I, i'm i'm you know that was when i talked about reading ferrante's book and mcmurtry you know both of those writers for me encapsulated that hit, hitting that nice tone of like you know the characters are telling talking about they're both first person narrators as i think about them but they're they're telling the reader how they feel um and walking them through it and providing the context and that's just not something that comes naturally to me you know i think i've always thought of things more aesthetically rather than you know the readers really digging into this place and time and it doesn't even always have to be totally consistent but it should reveal the nature of the narrator and so I, i've i've been using that same mentality one of the techniques i've been using is to um I, honestly i have a copy of my brilliant friend sitting next to me i will just open it up and read a few lines just to reimmerse myself in what a narrator's doing and what what you can do successfully i think in my head i start to say well ah, god do i really want to bother saying this and then i'll read ferrante and it's like you know 10 times more detailed than i was worried about being or you know it just kind of shoves you along it says you know what these are just words this is this is the english language you speak english <laughs> relatively well these are not you know this is not um this is not physics or something that's totally alien so um just getting those little those little wind gusts in your sails to push you ahead when you're feeling a little bit dull for me that's been helping me too in terms of um how i've actually been working so i i started with this index card system in practice my notebooks have been been huge because i think you know i'll write i'll write for a little while and then i kind of need to cook you know in my brain i need to stew mm -hmm. and then I'll, I'll find myself away from the computer but i'm still thinking so i will pull out my notebook and you know do the things you're talking about kind of tee up maybe the next um you know six things i want to happen or you know which characters will be in this room when they arrive and you know what's the vibe or you know character sketching or, or even you know just writing out starting a scene getting myself going on uh in a notebook just to put words down so that i feel like i'm accomplishing something even though i'm not fully sitting down at the computer i know that it'll give me something to shove off from when i do sit down um, so my notebook i mean i'm i'm i've got three notebooks in a stack here you know with just all manner of um scribbles well what um, what notebooks are you kind using? of pushing good, uh, pushing things good forward. stationary stuff tell us what you so so i've started off using um the uh trailhead edition that occasional co-host and numero uno fan of the show ryan sly gave me the appalachian trail version which is like is like the best this is like the form of field notes uh i could use these 
only for the rest of my life. I agree. Um, the cream colored paper, the line, the ruled, the awesome covers. These are just great. Um, but I, I plowed through that. And these are also where I'm keeping track of my word counts just for fun. Um, my goals and what I'm going to or where, what I've hit by midday. Now I've pivoted into the other uh, field notes that Ryan gave me, the uh, 50th version, the red one, which is graph papers. It's driving me nuts, but I'm going to channel that anger and that <laughs> frustration into a deeper level of creativity. What are you, what are you using stationary-wise? I'm, right I'm almost halfway through this uh, uh, Concord Grape harvest edition i really like it um and i did just get some of those all trails the, that edition that line edition which i haven't started but i'm i'm using i'm almost halfway through this and uh i've been writing smaller than using a little smaller little blue pen so i'm using that and i've got the index cards going i uh the the index cards something we talked about a couple weeks ago and then last week i had just really failed to do it but that is the index cards are now any little stray thought. I got an index card yeah. of names like you do. These are the names that I got. Hecker, Cosmano, Big Tim Murphy, Ralph Teeter, <laughs> Eddie Gelron, Peter Gusenberg, <laughs> Hazel Hargis. Now let me tell you something about these names. Actually, it's another crazy thing I'm doing. You know a little bit about this. That um, For a little inspiration, I am reading um, the Chicago Tribune from 100 years ago, from exactly 100 yeah. years ago. Just great. It's a great little source of crime stories and little details and little names like that. But um, you know, so the, the, but <laughs> then you know I can't think of a name on my own. And if I leave the index cards downstairs like a crazy person, I have to go <laughs> find yeah. the Chicago Tribune from a hundred years ago online <laughs> and find a name from it, so I can do. So at times it's a it's a yeah. font of information and like useful little <laughs> ideas, and at other times it's twenty minutes to 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 just write the name Kastenholtz down, which will only be used <laughs> once in the entire book probably. Um, and names are funny because they'll hang you up, man. Yeah, if you don't have something just at the ready. I think just uh, go find your newspaper from 100 years ago and uh, get the names from there because every single one of those names I read to you was uh, Hazel Hargis. You know, that's she was kidnapped. Yeah, uh, I don't know what ended up happening to her. She she disappeared for a while, but I think she's fine. I did a little Googling. I I'm think, sure she's fine. Yeah, I think she's going to be all right. Maybe not. Maybe it's tragedy. <laughs> well, it's, um. I mean... I, what I what I love is thinking about this project sort of all of the time and that this 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 experience where every creative thing you encounter you can kind of filter it through and say how can I use this how how is this random idea uh, that I I heard on a podcast how does it apply to what I'm working on and how can I you know riff off of it or you know maybe it's one quick sentence or you know it's it's great and i actually a podcast i've been listening to sort of selfishly in that way is it's called the smoke hole sessions smoke hole h-o-l-e it's this guy named uh martin shaw i'd never heard of him but uh he's a storyteller and kind of a mythologist uh, he lives in a little cabin out in the woods in England, but uh, he, he's a writer. 
and he just did this uh this podcast called the smoke hole sessions really it's like nine episodes but he talks to mark rylance the actor um these other just insane irish and scottish people he just has a network of people that he's um he knows well but that are in this kind of realm of like mythology and you know it's a little it's a little out there but um and i don't you know it's not like i endorse every word of it but it's thinking about mythology ever since grad school has been a really creative creatively inspiring space to think about stories that have just lasted that long or that are you know they're often sort of so confusing and and non-literal and it's a to me that's been a cool place to be as i try to like have a character walk through a you know a room like you know how does mythology inform just when you're trying to create like a really concrete sequence of events does it inform it when you write those scenes well i think it um i don't i think it just i don't know if it directly informs it but it it just gets me in the right i know the right mode i don't quite know how to explain it yeah i don't think it's it's not a linear thing but i get i get excited listening to the podcast because um i don't know because of its particular embrace of um i think they these these this crew of characters uh thinks nothing is a coincidence Mm -hmm. you know and is willing to think more expansively about a series of curious situations like i wrote i'm flipping through it i wrote down a note for for these storytellers every story only ever happened on saint george's day (laughs) it's like they'll be like you know my cat died and of course well this happened on saint george's day and I'm like, how that was like the fourth story they've told where something happened on St. George's Day. And then, you know, then they end up spinning some yarn about a dragon. And, the, the, you know, it was a, the lizard their cat killed was the dragon. It's just a it's a it's a it's a really nice way of thinking about the world. It's it's not a perfect way. It's problematic. Um, but it's it's just a it's a way to tap into the creative possibilities of the world that uh, is serving me well right now. You know, it's like, will it serve me in a month? I don't know, but, um, and it's not too, it's, it's outside of contemporary life. I think that's part of it too. Right. It's, it's timeless. I don't, I'm not reading the headlines right now. I'm it's like more than my brain can hold. Yeah. Well, it's the, the mythic quality kind of reminds me in a way of what reading the old newspapers are doing for me i am Mm. you know Mm. in my mind i'm kind of filling this book that is not set a hundred years ago with this like old chicago-ness of it like this old chicago now when i go back and look at this i don't know that there is much other than these names that's actually getting infused in there. There's, I think maybe there's an occasional reference to something that happened a hundred years ago by someone in an offhand way, as though it happened yesterday. Maybe, maybe one of those or two of those, but there is kind of a, um, there's a, there is a, like this city of crime thing that's being imbued where um, anything 
you know, any of these little cons or any of this, these little tragedies can happen and they just fill the world that you're, that the novel's taking place in. Yeah. Awesome. That reminds me of The Other Paris, a book I read a while ago. It was like the the dark side of Paris. Is that Luc Sante? Beyond, Beyond the Romance, yeah. Is it? Yeah, nice. Yeah. Luc Sante was thanked in the dedication at the end of the French Dispatch. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Huh. If oh, I saw God, that, I right? gotta go see that. Yeah, I gotta... Can... I, I, you saw that. I, I feel guilty seeing that. I got a novel to write here. Yeah, I, I saw it. I saw it on day one. I saw it on day. That was one. smart. Yep. You got it out of the way. Yep. Now I'm just sitting here stewing, feeling guilty about going to see a movie. Next week I will give you another name of someone who's thanked at the dedication of, <laughs> of the French Dispatch at the end. Well, stay I tuned. Look forward to hearing that. Uh, let's uh, let's do this again next week and see where we are at. All right, sounds great. And hopefully but... we're not. Hopefully we're not using sentences like where we are at. Well, hopefully the number has gone up from where it is today. Something will have gone very wrong if the, the right, word count is lower. All right, the number just went up. He said. He said. Oh, I learned that from Elmore Leonard too, man. He every single character gets a he. You know, I think he might have been getting paid by the word here. Jack said. <laughs> Lucy said. She said. Said Jack. Is he the one who said, uh, if you have to say anything other than said, then yes. it's, a, it's, it's a bad sentence. Yeah. I always think about that. Yeah, I He think said vociferously. I think he's right there, but in this book of his that I'm reading from uh, 87, I, you know, he's breaking his own rules. And of course, that, that 10 rules that he wrote was, New York Times used to have a column like 20 years ago where they'd ask everybody for 10 rules of writing or the rules of writing. Maybe he just did the 10. And... Uh, you know, they, they you you have to expound on them, right? Don't talk much about the weather. Don't describe the setting very much, or a couple of them. I, you know, I don't think he does describe the weather much, but uh, he definitely does. He he describes the setting a lot. He also, oh no, I don't know if this was him or Mammoth. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can find us on Twitter at uh, twitter.com/slash/takenotepod. We have a website, lots of great new, fresh blog content over at takenote.space. It doesn't sound like a website, but it is, I can assure you. Uh, there's a little say hello button there, too, if you want to send us a note. give it, Send us a word count, man. Share the accountability. Share the vibe. Share the love. All right, bye. <laughs>